Welcome. You're listening to the Making the Shift podcast, where you learn how to go from employee to CEO and build a wildly successful coaching or yoga business. I built my coaching business while working as a teacher, and now I'm obsessed with helping other women do the same. Each week, I will teach you high-level mindset and business strategies that you can implement right away. I'm your host, life and business coach, Denise Vinieri. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm hoping you guys listened to last week's episode. It was such a good one with my guest, Corinne Crabtree. Had so much fun. And just know going forward, I do plan on bringing some other guests onto the show, other entrepreneurs, some of my clients, and a few other special guests. So you can look forward to me doing some more interviews. I got so much feedback Honestly, people that I I know in person have made comments. People were DMing me, tagging me in Facebook groups and, you know, just saying how incredible they thought the episode was and they loved my interview style. So honestly, I had plans to do it anyway. And I'm just so glad that so many of you really got a lot out of last week. So that's my plan going forward. I won't be doing um, an interview every single week, but I plan on having you know, mixing that in. So I'll still do some of my solo shows and then I will be bringing on some guests in the future. So that's what you guys have to look forward to. Okay, so for today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about when you're growing your online business, especially for those of you that are growing it in part-time hours, right? I know I have a lot of full-timers here that have side businesses and are growing the side business because they want to go full-time in their business, but don't have quote unquote, full-time hours to be working on your business. So this episode, I think is gonna be so helpful for you in just rethinking your audience and what your audience's importance is in growing your business. So a lot of you have some beliefs about having an audience that really just aren't true. And so I kind of wanna debunk a few myths because the beliefs that you have about an audience and audience size and niche and things like that, they may not be serving you and they may not be helping you actually grow your business. They can be holding you back if you don't have awareness around these. So we're going to just talk um, a little bit about audience today and niche. So the first thing I want to offer you is what do I mean when I say audience? There's a lot. I'm using that word because a lot of the marketing I do and a lot of the marketing that my clients do is online. So we just call those followers, people that are, you know, we're in community with on social media platforms as our audience. And you could say too, if you know, if you went to a networking event and, you know, you did a collaboration, your audience is essentially made up of a group of people that you have identified has a problem that you know you can solve. And I highly recommend that the problem that you have identified that you can solve is something you feel really confident in. You feel really deeply passionate about this and the work that you do, and you feel really confident in your skill. Like you know you're really good at what you do, and you know you can help people. And the other component to that is you also do want to make sure that there's a market for it, that people are actively looking for a solution to this problem. Another word that we use is niche, right? This is your niche. And some of you might be thinking that, you know, being general 
a general coach or a general um, you know, health coach or life coach or, or general fitness instructor isn't a niche, it still is a niche. You just have to think of the general coach or the general, you know, whatever as a niche and think about what are all the problems you would be solving as a general list, okay? Your audience is made up of all of those people, right? So if you have a super dialed in niche or you're more general, it's not a problem. Just know your audience should be full of the people that you want to help with a specific problem. So the first thing that the first myth I really want to debunk about your audience and your niche and how many people you have is that the size does not matter. I see so many people think that no one is listening, no one is like going to buy or take them up on their offers because they don't have a large number of followers on their social media accounts or they don't have a large number of people in their community that they could make offers to. And if you think you need a large audience or that you need a lot of eyes on you in order to make money in your business, you know, whether that's to hit consistent revenue every month or maybe you're striving, your goal is to hit your first six figures, you actually don't need a lot of eyes on you. You don't need a large following. Your audience size is not going to be a predictor of success. I have seen people with quote unquote lower numbers in their audience make a million dollars. I've seen people with a lot of followers and they're not making any money. And that's because the number of your audience size is not going to predict how much money you make. It's not a predictor of success. I don't have a large following by, I would say, industry standards, but I have certainly hit multiple six figures. And it has nothing to do with the number of people that are in community with you. It has everything to do with the value that you're offering your audience, which is why I let off today's episode with the the niche conversation, right? What is the problem that you solve that you feel really confident that you can solve? And who are the people that you want to help solve it? That is who your audience should be full of. Because if you have that as your goal, not the audience number, not the number, not the metrics, not the data, but the goal is to be in community with those people who have a problem that you know you can solve, and then you provide value by showing that, by ex- by explaining, I understand your problem and here is a solution and you're offering them value on some sort of consistent basis, it's not going to matter how many people are actually following you. It matters more if they know, like, and trust you and if they feel like you are the person that can help them with their problem. So it doesn't matter how many people you have. The other side of this too is you know, how are you pricing your offers? If you are pricing your offers at a premium price, which is how I coach my clients is to sell premium, you know, premium offers and to attract premium clients that are willing and ready to invest at that level, you actually don't need a lot of clients, right? So think about it. If let's just say your goal is was 100K and you have an offer that's 5K, that's 20 people that you would need to to 
work with and make offers to more than 20 people, but sign 20 people. 20 people is really not a lot, right? So it's it doesn't matter. You might have 5,000 followers, but you only need 20 people for an entire year. If you are pricing at a premium price, of course, that has to make sense for your business. But I want to just challenge you to really think the point of this is really to challenge you to think differently about your follower number. The number of followers doesn't mean anything. And honestly, I have seen people grow six-figure businesses and they have almost no social media presence. They're largely referral-based. So you can make the argument they don't even have an audience. Their audience is their current clients and who their current clients refers them to. So there's a lot of ways to grow your business. But if you believe that you need a large audience and that no one is listening or you don't have enough people, you don't have enough eyes on you, just notice how that would feel, how that feels to you. It probably doesn't feel really inspired to go and write amazing content or to show up a lot in your Facebook group or, you know, on an IG story. Because if you're thinking that what is there isn't enough, it it kind of breeds that lack of motivation. So I want you to really reframe that because each follower, by the way, is a human being who opted in to follow you. So even if you have five followers, those are five people, even if it's your mom, because I'm sure some of you are going to be like, and three of them are my family members. It doesn't matter. That person has decided they opted in to follow you and support you because there was something they saw value in what you were providing and they saw something that resonated with them and they wanted to make that connection. So I don't take that lightly whenever somebody follows me. I also don't make it a big deal when people unfollow me either. (laughs) You actually want to create polarizing content because You want to have people know very, very clearly whether you are for them and whether you're not. So again, that number can be very arbitrary. I've seen some really, you know, big influencers have hundreds of thousands of followers. They are not converting all of those people into clients. Some of those people are probably not even interested in them. They're just following them. So the number really doesn't have anything to do with how much money you can make in your business. It has everything to do with the value that you're providing to your audience. Okay, the next myth that I really want to kind of dive into is this idea that you need to have an ideal client. Like you need to, and I I use that word sometimes that, you know, who is your ideal client, but you don't need to really draw up this like super, super specific, you know, fictitious character. I remember a few years ago, there was like all of these templates going around on the on the internet that not only should you have an avatar, but, you know, you should name them. And are they married? How old are they? Do they have children? Where do they shop at anthropology? Do they like Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? And what kind of music do they listen to? Do they have tattoos? And you know, it got really, really, really specific. And then you named this person. And I know a lot of big influencers highly recommend that you do this. But I think it's, it could be a fun exercise. I'm not saying that it's not, but I think it could be kind of like a waste of time, to be honest with you, because what does it matter if this fictitious person drinks Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? I don't think it really matters. I think the point really is Knowing who your ideal client is, is really just a few questions. One, 
What is the problem that I can solve that I can help somebody with? And who is the ideal person that's gonna get the most out of working with me? What are their characteristics in terms of like their, you know, maybe their personality or their their characteristics more of an intangible thing, not how do they look or what color is their hair? I don't think any of that is really helpful to you speaking to your ideal client in your marketing. I think it's more important for you to keep drawing your brain to this question, which is what is a problem? What is the, what is the next problem I can solve for them? What do they want and why don't they have it? And how can I help them get it? Those three questions, if you just keep asking yourself those questions, you're gonna create such amazing content for your ideal client without ever having to give them a fictitious name and eye color. I think that the intention behind some of that was really for you to create a connection with your audience. But I'm gonna flip that a little bit and teach you how I think about making connections with your audience. It's really just two things. One, you have to really love this group of people. You have to love your people, like really, truly, deeply love them. Because if you're in this business for the long haul, which I think many of you are, especially because many of you want to leave your full-time job and you want to just go full-time in your business, you have to really love what you're doing and who you're helping because they are going to be around you for a really long time. You're going to fill your business with these people. You're going to talk to them every single day. You're going to work with them, you know, day in and day out. So you have to really truly love these people. Like you have to, I think it's a necessity. So, you know, do some people pick niches that they think are lucrative? Yes, I've seen that. I don't think that that's the best way to make a decision on who you should work with. I've seen people make decisions on who to work with because they think that person's gonna be just easier to work with. Again, I would challenge that. I think the best way to decide on a group of people is one, you have to love them and feel really passionate about helping them get the result and you feeling really confident that you can help them get that result and then there has to be a market for that problem and solution that you're offering. So do you love this group of people? Because you are gonna be in community with them for the life of your business. So I would really check in with that. That's one way to make connections with people, with an audience. The other way is authenticity. And I know that this has become like a buzzword, um, you know, be authentic, be authentic. But what does that actually mean? Like when we sit down and we're like, am I being authentic in my marketing? I define authenticity as really unleashing you at your core. And this is a process that it sounds easier than what it is because many of us, all of us actually, have been conditioned to show up a certain way. And we've changed who we are, sometimes depending minute by minute with who we are around, right? And this just comes down to peeling back the layers of the ways in which you have censored yourself. You have filtered what you would want, what you want to say with what you think you should say. 
you you censor yourself and you censor parts of yourself because you don't think that they're going to be well received or that you might attract haters or you know this is I'm being too much right but it's actually I want to challenge that all the things that you are hiding from your audience are probably the thing that is going to make the biggest impact it's going to resonate the most with them because those are points of connection that are authentic because it is who you really are. And I think for a while, showing up on social media was very much about perfectionism and things looking really beautiful. And and that could be authentic if that's truly authentic for that person. But I also want to recommend that you show really who you are. You say the thing that you think might piss some people off. You post even if you are worried what other people are going to think. So for example, this one's a big one, um, especially for the people that are still working. It's like, I don't want to post online because I don't know what my coworkers are going to say. I don't want my boss to see it. I don't want them to know I have a business. These are just some of those thoughts that sound really innocent don't sound like they are a big deal but the truth is is they are because they are stopping you from showing up getting visible and being you really like peeling back the layers of who you really are and you know saying the thing wearing the thing doing the thing all those ways where I'm sure many of you have had this like really great idea for your marketing, like a really great idea for a post or a really great idea for a Facebook Live or something like that. And then you talk yourself out of it. I know I've done that. I remember being in a place where I was really nervous to post anything online because, you know, I was nervous that my students would see, my coworkers would see it. And then I just I had to coach myself, but I got over that because how else was I going to grow a business? I couldn't, can't grow a business if you're hiding. So I know this is getting a little bit into the marketing side of things, but it is totally related to your audience because your audience wants to see you, right? In order for them to know, like, and trust you, you have to show up as you. That is exactly what's going to magnetize and attract the right people to you. It's because you showing up as you is gonna magnetize the right people to you. I think what happens is when we have a business that's full of maybe people that weren't quite a match or you keep getting those on consults, it could be a marketing issue and how you're thinking about your audience, how you're talking to your audience and how you're in community with them. So I really wanna challenge you on this. What are the ways that you are censoring yourself? And what would happen if you didn't? What would happen? And I want to throw in one little caveat here because I think this is really important. This doesn't mean that when I say authentic, it does and vulnerable and being vulnerable, right? Like I'm not saying be a hot mess. We do not need to be a hot mess. However, if you did have a struggle, if you did go through something hard and you wanted to share that because you thought it would be helpful to your clients and it would be, then go ahead and share it. But it doesn't mean that we're a hot mess all over the place. That's not what I mean by being authentic. Being authentic is being human. And life is 50-50 for us. So 50% of the time, it's gonna be amazing. And 50% of the time, it's gonna be hard. 
And that is the beauty of being a human. So what would it look like for you to just show all of that, right? To show those little quirks, those, you know, those little um, interesting things about you and about your life and about your mission that maybe you really haven't shared with a lot of people. What would that look like? And how do you think that would change your marketing? And what do you think would actually happen with your audience if you did that? Okay. All right. So just to recap, right? Audience size does not matter. It does not, it is not a predictor of how much money you're going to make in your business. Providing value is. Value is what creates money and money helps you have more impact in the world. So if that's what you're after, remember to tell yourself it has nothing to do with the audience size because it doesn't matter. Okay, you have to love this group of people. You absolutely have to love them. Showing up for them is more important than your discomfort of wanting to hide, right? Because you love this group of people and you know you have the answer to their problem, you're gonna keep showing up and you're gonna keep serving them day in and day out. Okay, be authentic, unleash you, be who you are. And you don't need an avatar. You don't need to know hair color and eye color and come up with a fake name. The only thing that you really need to focus on all the time is how can you help your ideal client? What is their problem? Why do they have it? Why don't they have, what do they want? Why don't they have it? And how can you help them get it? Focusing on those things are going to help you grow your business to the revenue that you actually want to be at. And imagine if you were approaching your business this way, not worrying about the size of your audience, not worrying about engagement, loving this group of people, understanding their problem and the solutions to their problem and being authentic, really unleashing who you are, what do you think a byproduct would be if you showed up in your marketing to your audience this way day in and day out? I guarantee the size of your audience would grow. So this is actually one of the components that you do need to grow an online business. You do need an audience, but you don't need a large one. Okay, that is just one of the myths that I wanted to debunk to help you all grow your online business And I want to make a special offer to all of you, especially those of you who want to get to six figures. I am launching my first group mastermind program called Six Figure Foundations. We get started in October. I haven't marketed it um, on social media yet. This is just some private invitation that I have made to some clients and some people that are in my audience. And I wanted to give my podcast listeners, you know, the first dibs at this. I love you guys so much. And so when thinking about where do I want to announce first that I am having a group program, I had to do it with my podcast people because I love you all. So Six Figure Foundations, you will learn everything that you need to know to have a six-figure business. The mastermind is six months. We get started in October. What you will get is we do a two-day live event. It will be on Zoom for now until we feel more comfortable about doing things in person, but for now it will be on Zoom virtually. So it will be a two-day live event. Those two days, I will teach you everything that you need to know so that the next six months we get busy implementing 
all the decisions that we make, everything that you learned over the first those that two-day live event. Then after that, we meet for weekly coaching for six months every single week. I coach you in a group container. So we'll all show up same time, um, same day of the week, every week, and you will get group coaching. Private Facebook group with just your mastermind family. So if you have questions, if there's coaching that you need in between the weekly coaching, you can post inside the Facebook group. And I'm offering two one-on-one calls. So for those of you that still love to have a little bit of one-on-one time, I will be offering one-on-one calls, two of them over the six months, and you can cash in on those whenever you want. So this is the room you want to be in, especially those of you who want to go full-time in your business. I have been there. I know exactly what it's like to grow a business while working full-time and being a mom. There is nobody better to help you do this and hit those goals. So if you want to learn more, or you're just ready now, I want you to reach out to me. There will be a link in the show notes to set up a consult call with me. We can have a conversation about what working together would look like for the six months. And my one-on-one practice is not going away, but it's just shifting a little bit. So go ahead, reach out to me. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. All right, my friends, until next week, keep making some epic shifts. Hey, if you're ready to grow your business, I want to invite you to learn about coaching with me. Set up a time by going to denisefineri.com forward slash consult. We spend one third of our lives at work and it can be purposeful and profitable while having the impact that you want. So until next week, go make some epic shifts. Thanks for tuning in.